Hello again, welcome. Here we are on the Brattlecast. I'm Jordan Rich along with Ken Gloss, the owner, operator, and chief bottle washer at a great place, the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, legendary shop that his dad started. And you can find out more at the website, brattlebookshop.com. You brought along, uh, you always bring something cool, but you brought along what looks to be a uh, family heirloom of some kind. It looks like an album. Well, it looks like an album because it is an album. And a lot of it is empty, but there are photographs called card de visites, which mm-hmm. these are photos from the mid-1800s. Um, and these are people. Um, and the way we got it was one of my employees, I was on vacation. I actually do take vacations, yeah. although being at work 12 hours is like a vacation too. <laughs> but I was out, uh, I was doing an antiques road show and one of my uh, managers got called out uh, to a huge group of books, and the people um, wanted them out, and it was a bidding situation. Uh, but she was successful, got it, was very happy. Uh, and one of the things when you do get big groups like that and you're bidding, a lot of times you you are you know, sort of pushing the limit. You want to get things. You're competitive. Mm-hmm. But you're hoping maybe there's something in there that makes it a good deal. And at first looking at this, it doesn't seem like much. But I started looking, and one of the uh, people in there was a man named Charles Sumner who was a congressman. And uh, Didn't he have a, a run-in with a cane? He had a run-in and on, you know, you talk about people not getting along now in politics. <laughs> this was in the Civil War period and literally a Good. southern uh, politician in the Congress, at the Congress, beat him with a cane and he really never ne- recovered. Nearly killed him. Nearly at the time, killed him, yeah. never recovered. Uh, but then there's a, a man named Phillips Brooks who was a pastor but also abolitionist. But then I started looking and there was a woman and then there were two pictures of a uh, black woman, mm. and it was Sojourner. And I looked at it, and I said, that's Sojourner Truth. And what I realized was that these photos were all people who were abolitionists in one way or another. And uh, there were people who collect these small photos. And they're small. They're, they're wallet-sized, yeah, basically. Yeah, sepia-toned Sepia-toned. May, may I ask, do we know who the original owner was? Or No, we have no idea no who idea. the original owner was. The collection that this came out of was from um, somebody who was a dealer, an antique dealer. Okay. So I have no idea. The photographs were uh, taken by uh, a company in Boston— and, and what they would do is they would get famous people, take the photographs. They'd sell copies of the photographs uh, because you have to realize up until photography really came cheap enough. I mean, the first photographs were in the 1820s and 30s. They were out of the reach of most people, mm. and they technically were too hard to do. But by the time you got to the Civil War and after, photography had become cheap enough, easy enough, available enough that – People not only could get their own photos taken, but they the photographer could take people like Lincoln, uh, Grant. Matthew Brady Brady's, is the name everyone is Brady, familiar with. And there was another one called Gardner. But almost every town had a photographer or at least a traveling photographer. A lot of these have become very collectible. And the more famous the person, in many cases— 
the more it's collectible. Although there were people like Frederick Douglass who was not in this. I was when I first looked. I mm. go. I hope Frederick Douglass is here. He isn't in it. He has. He's one of the most photographed people of this period, because he realized getting his photo out there and getting his image and his name out there could only help his cause. Sojourner Truth was there. That's a very famous name and a very famous visage. No question exactly. about that. Exactly. And and people were you know we're hoping someone will be interested in this and and quite honestly the album probably will be a few thousand dollars. But if someone got these, they could start going after the images of Frederick Douglass. Of yeah, because Harry there Beecher are a Stone. lot of empty slots in here that you would want to fill at or, some point. Or you'd get another album and put right. them in a nicer album. There was a woman in there who was uh, – uh, that a lot of people wouldn't recognize the name, but her name was Grimke, Sarah Grimke. Mm-hmm. And she was one of the first feminist abolitionists. <clears throat> what – uh, she was very much uh, in with the vote for women, uh, suffrage. And an interesting thing uh, comes up with a lot of this. <clears throat> there were uh, some people like William Lloyd Garrison who wrote The Liberator. Right. We've talked a about v- him. Very yeah. famous abolitionist, but he was a very much not in favor of the suffrage movement. He very much was against women having powers, having positions of power and so on. Mm. So, you know, you realize also when you start reading the history of what was going on in a lot of this is some people you say, well, this was a great person. And then you read more about them. Yeah, they were great for what they were doing, but they had their flaws and problems. And And there's something about seeing photographs from the 1800s. And I know people are posed for the most part and they're not generally smiling. Very few people smiled back then for photos. That brings them to life in a way that just reading about them doesn't. You want to read about them after you've had a chance to And very much it was a way to cheaply get people's images out there that couldn't afford to have portraits painted. Uh, Also, Mm. it was a lot harder to reproduce those. So this was a quick, easy way to get your image out there, to get people uh, seeing things. And it's also interesting when you collect these, they're all different things you look for. One of the things that in this, and you look at some of the photographs, and the contrast is very, very good and strong. You look at Sojourner's Truth, and they faded a little, which to a collector will make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things that make a difference. A lot of people, like you would say, when they have old photographs of either family or famous people, they're studio photo stage because... You had to be fairly still. Right. You couldn't move. What, they... what actually, though, are more interesting are outdoor scenes where someone might be a baseball player. Uh, they might be a, in a fire engine. They might be a soldier, but actually out in the field. Mm. Those are much more desirable than the stage ones. What about the, the cover of the book and the way it's presented? Because it's got a a bit of a, a clasp and a lock and so forth. It, 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 looks, well, it looks like a fairy tale story you'd see in a movie. Well, I, I can tell you. This one, the binding's falling apart. The, the item is broken. But when these albums came out, they were beautiful, leather yeah. in many cases. Yeah. They had gold class. They were really special. And then you can go, this one's about the size of a paperback, the thick mm. paperback book. Right. 
They had larger size ones. They also had larger size photographs too, but mm -hmm. those were more expensive. A lot of times when they took a photograph of this period, you would get like four or eight photos on a sheet and then they'd cut them. And so it was, um, uh, they, they, the smaller you could do it, the more you could get on a sheet. So these were cheaper than if you had one large photograph. So from time to time, and many times I'm sure you've had collections like this show up and, and come into the store after a hunt. And uh, have there been surprises like Sojourner Truth was, was a bit of a surprise there perhaps? Other surprises over the years? Have you oh, found no, there, there have definitely been other surprises over the year. One time, again, I always keep mentioning baseball. I got one that had a few very nice photos of baseball players. Back in, in the back, uh, early the, days. Back in the 1870s. and oh, eight, wow. Those were extremely rare. I got one in once. I don't know that you could call this a surprise because I knew I was buying it. But it was one of Abraham Lincoln, but he had signed it. And mm. he did sign these. There you're talking fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars mm. because of photographs signed by Lincoln. And then other times you've got it in family photographs that shows the family. You have no idea who they are. You look at them and you realize they were very important at the time to whoever it was. Sometimes someone looks at it and says, Oh, that's this person or that person. Other times they're just like family photographs that have gone uh, away. But then you start looking at the costume, what they were wearing, uh, whether they look to be uh, the very wealthy or sometimes it's the help that they took pictures of along with the family. Uh, so it, it's, it can be fascinating. And you can collect them at any price range you want. You can anywhere from a few dollars to thousands depending on whose image, what the image is, what it's about. And this particular collection, because it's based on abolitionists, would have particular interest to people who collect that era and that material. There is no that. question yeah. that's eventually who it's going to sell to. Now, the album itself is just a common album. All the pictures can be taken out. Mm. Somebody might put them in a better preserved area, but maybe this will start someone's collection and they'll go after more and more of the abolition or the, uh, the uh, from that period. We don't know. Uh, man, the just stuff they bring is just incredible. It just brings history alive. We said earlier on another episode that you love talking about these things. Every time you sit down with one book and one article, there are stories galore, as as we just heard. Well, the re reality is, if there wasn't a good story, if it wasn't interesting, if it wasn't fun. Nobody would want to buy it and pay That's a lot of true. money for it, too. The better the story, the more interesting the person, the more that you can add to why this is a better picture, image, background, the more people want it and the more people who want them, the more they'll pay. And that's a lot of the fun, too. Now, if you have questions, folks, about collecting, about anything we talk about on the podcast, or if you have a request – I know you love to take requests to follow up on listener hopes and dreams. Then people should get in touch through the website, uh, brattlebookshop.com. And we've handled many requests over the years. We've handled many requests, many of them that I've done as podcast subjects, and some that I didn't feel quite fit in. But many times I'll call the people up. We'll talk about what it is. I'll give them information, steer them in the right direction. 
Uh, and so even if it doesn't turn out to be a podcast, I enjoy talking with you. People. You are a conversation starter in every sense of the word. Ken, thank you as always. We'll see you next time and we'll do more of these. These are always fun. And it's great doing it with you, Jordan, because I can talk to somebody. I'm, You know, one of the things when you're doing a podcast, sometimes if you're all alone, you don't have the enthusiasm. And when I'm talking to somebody and showing these things off to someone else, I'm much more it, enthusiastic than when I'm looking in a mirror. It's infectious. <laughs> it absolutely is. Folks, it's the Brattlecast. Do subscribe and download, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Thank you.